You're listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast, bringing you the best of geek from week to week. Join your hosts, Dion and Quinny, and the occasional special guest as they talk movies, TV, gaming, toys, comics, and everything in between. What's that book you've been reading about? It's about heroes who get to go on adventures, defeat the monsters, and save the day. Little boy from the south side of Chicago, the only tourist to get to do that. This story is about my father and the secret birthright that's been kept from us. You going after it? We're going near the car. He's no standing here, Tick. This is family business. And family stay together. Just because they don't want you here doesn't mean you're not supposed to be. Gotta get away. This is an invitation unmitigated power. Where in the hell did I go wrong with you, boy? I told you to stay away from that damn place. There's something here. Just trying to get out. Everything is where and as it should be. From God to man to creature. This legacy belongs to our family. We gotta face this new world. Instinct, I'm claiming it. This is our family story. Welcome to the periodic table of awesome. Quinny was typing. My name is Quinny. I was desperately typing. Quinny was desperately typing. I was trying to listen to the the trailer. I was trying to read the thing, and and then I completely missed the bit where Dion's like, "Go, Quinny, go." Yeah, you're supposed to Dude. go. I am a professional, and I will hear nothing bad said about me because I will take my earphones out. No. <laughs> So hello, welcome to the Periodic Table of Awesome. I am Quinny and I am totally, totally happy right now. I'm, you're focused? I'm, I'm are, here. You are you in? Are you here? I'm actually here with us now. And who are you? Oh. The one who, who was just talking. Me? Yeah. Uh, my name is Dion. How are you, how are you today? I'm good. good. And we are joined by two fantastic, wonderful ladies. Uh, please start you with the red hair. Hey, I'm Jill. Hi, Jill. Hi. And that makes you... I am Peter. Correct. <laughs> well done. We really got to get better at this. Yeah, yes. we really do. I um, fucking hate this every week. Yeah, I know. I know. It's oh, awful. Um, I, I've just got a bit of feedback that uh, apparently we're very echoey on yeah. the stream. Well, so we'll, fi- um, we'll fix that I'll as leave, we go. That's okay. I'll leave that for Does you to have echo? a look at. Sure. Echo? How about your talk? What are we going to talk about today? <laughs> Echo oh. is gone. Thankfully, I love this. I love this. Echo is gone. I can do this. I can fix stuff. It's amazing. Yay. Amazing. Yeah. And I've got um, a whole so new soundboard for things. Do you want anything? I can do stuff. Yes. Could you please summon the Elder Ones, perhaps From a Dark Lord? Good. 
Yes, I can. Good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really wasn't expecting you to be quite that on. <laughs> oh, dear. Come on, mate. You know, give me soundboard will travel. I am definitely going to have a lot of fun with this uh, review, considering I'd like to say one thing. I have mm -hmm. never read any Lovecraft. Nor have I. I know. Absolutely. Uh, how, how many other Lovecraft stories may you have seen in film or? Depends what you would consider Lovecraft. Anything with a Cthulhu in it? I've seen a lot of <laughs> movies with love in the title. Is it anything like love actually? <laughs> <laughs> Someone I, wish, I wish Love Actually was a Lovecraft film. Um, it could be. Uh, also, it could be The Craft. Um. Yes, actually. Yeah, is, it the, is it a cross between Love Actually and The Craft? Kind of is. Why not? Well, yes. Okay, what are we talking about? What are we, what are we doing today? So we it's... are talking about the new HBO TV series Lovecraft Country. Um, Thank you, HBO. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I was like, there's the sound. What's happening? Oh, God. I'm so easily distracted by your background noises. Oh, good. Um, Peter, as, as a matter of interest, have you engaged with any of the Cthulhu mythos? Not, not really in any kind of great detail at all. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we reviewed a film last year that got a bit Lovecrafty at the end, but as I remember, we all hated it, so... Uh, Which one was I think that? We might have wiped it from our memory. That the the, the deep ocean one. Oh, oh, um, right, uh, underwater. Underwater. Yes. Yes, with the really obvious. Yeah. Which was an amazing like abyss yeah. slash aliens, and then it just went full Cthulhu right at the end, where it was like, "This is shit." Well, and the thing is, I think I would have loved it more if it had actually, I don't know, had anything that felt particularly Cthulhu-y leading up to it, but it was just like, and it's Cthulhu. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Mm. Fine. We're doing that now. Yeah. Righto. This, <laughs> this one is actually, we know what we're getting because it is Lovecraft in the, the title. Yeah. It was like, Lovecraft is too hard to put on screen because it's too cerebral. And then, you know, along comes Lovecraft country. Well, look, I, I can't actually argue with the people who say that Lovecraft is very difficult to put on screen because the whole point of Lovecraft is about psychological terror. Um, and it's about very, very big, weird ideas. And it's about, Hey, let's talk about things that are so big and so strange that they, you know, the, to even, what's it to, to even gaze upon the toe hairs of Cthulhu is enough to send any normal person completely irrevocably mad. Um, which, so, is, which is an achievement. Yeah. Yes, toe hairs. Um, very Just important hairs. that you understand <laughs> where we're at with toe hairs. Um, but who, yeah, we are talking about Lovecraft? Love, uh, the the HBO series Lovecraft Country, which is based on a book from 2016, um, which I haven't read, and I'm guessing no one else has here. No. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, hey, you had a week. Come on. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Look, and I mean, having having not actually read any Lovecraft, which I feel is a slight embarrassment uh, to a lot of my nerdy friends, but then I also realised there are others of us who haven't seen such movies as uh, Back to the Future, who I wouldn't name <laughs> because it's just rude. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Yeah. But I mean, you know, I find I find myself confident to be able to understand who Lovecraft is. To my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm happy to be corrected. Lovecraft is a weirdy, pasty kind of American analogue to Edgar Allan Poe, who wrote a lot about <laughs> tentacly monsters and died a racist. <laughs> Uh, actually, yeah, you pretty much nailed it. <laughs> Is that Lovecraft? Yes. Um, my, one of my recent in, uh, run-ins with Lovecraft, uh, there are two animated into films. Him, but he's been yes. dead. <laughs> and that's what made it creepy. Yeah, fair uh, enough, fair enough. Now, there are two animated films wandering around uh, in the, the darkest, nastiest parts of Netflix, um, which are <laughs> Howard Lovecraft uh, as a, a young child going on adventures and they're CGI animated and they're utterly fucking terrible. Um, but they, I, I looked into them. Um, so it's uh, I think it's uh, Howard Lovecraft and the Frozen Kingdom and then another Howard Lovecraft and a something something um they are totally weird and they were done by this very small company who clearly had a massive hard-on for lovecraft um and then just went fuck it we're gonna make two animated films they're all like you look at the credits and it's all the one family that worked on them okay yeah and so they're, they're fan films, basically. They're fan films, exactly. <laughs> but they are done, and somebody had a budget. Somebody had a big enough budget to do full feature-length CGI films that are just totally wrong. Like, they're aimed at kids, and Lovecraft is not aimed at kids. Are you sure? Yeah. I, I think, think it's a monster story. I think like, Cthulhu, kids don't like monster Cthulhu is for everyone, Quinny. <laughs> Cthulhu is everyone. We are Cthulhu. He doesn't judge. <laughs> yeah, why? Why not? Let's go with it. <laughs> not terrifying at all. Um, there, like, there is so much uh, that has been covered in, in the Lovecraft stuff since um, the books. There have been many attempts at turning it into films, um, usually with very limited success. Um, but yeah, most of the time it's because the they're ideas based. Um, there's a film that came out earlier this year, I think it was, which is uh, Color Out of Space, um, which oh, have yeah. any of you run across? I have, I've no. seen it. I have not yet uh, gone to the House of Cage in order to oh, watch no. Color Out of Night. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, that's, that may be one of those things. It's like, oh, that looks like a good movie. Who's in it? Nicolas Cage. Mm. Mm. Maybe not. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Maybe next I'll month. give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Color Out of Space is one of uh, Lovecraft's stories that, about a uh, meteorite that lands and um, suddenly the people who are near it can see a new color that is uh, out of the human spectrum. Cool. <clears throat> and Have you essentially seen it? it's a bit like uh, Annihilation, that film. Oh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. And how do you, like in a book, you can describe mm. that there is a new color that, you know, suddenly these people can see on film how do you do that yeah it must be incredibly infuriating for you quinny as well mm. having not been able to see <laughs> some colors anyway and then there's a whole new one and you're like you motherfuckers. <laughs> i didn't Why even get the first lot yeah you sons of bitches yeah anyway but this one lovecraft mm. country 
Uh, have we all? Are we all up to date with Lovecraft Country now? There yeah. have been three episodes released so far. Have we watched all three? So we can yeah. talk about all three. And I really like talking about shows that have more than one, and I've had a chance to watch more than one. Uh, it is. <laughs> I think if I just watched the first one, I'd have a very different view of what this show is. Yes, Mm. which is interesting because I do have the clip from the first few minutes of the show to play a bit later before we get into spoiler territory. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yes, it is on HBO. It's available on HBO. You can use your VPN to access the American one. I'm pretty sure it's on Or if you have Foxtel, you can watch it there. There Yeah, you you can watch it on Foxtel Binge. Yeah. So um, it's, it's out there. If you, you can, want to. You can, you can see the show. Um, but There are legal means to watch it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Accessing a totally. VPN is not illegal. Would we ever suggest otherwise? No. 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 no absolutely not. Um, okay. So let's go for a very quick premise of what Lovecraft Country is about. That's it. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's me Thank having you. too much fun. Yeah. What's it Thanks, about? Thanks, Yorg Sothoff. Yeah. Uh, most appreciated. <laughs> Heading down your way to Riley soon. <laughs> Lovecraft Country follows Atticus Freeman as he joins up with his friend Letitia and his uncle George to embark on a road trip across 1950s Jim Crow America in search of his missing father. This begins a struggle to survive and overcome both racist terrors of white America and the terrifying monsters that could well have been ripped from a Lovecraft paperback. That's kind of the first episode. Yeah. I would say the most, what is like, what's the most terrifying thing in this show? Humanity. Yeah. Definitely the racism. The clan came came for the monsters, stayed for the racism. Uh, I wouldn't describe it Other way round. So this is uh, my understanding of this is that it is based on a novel um, that that uh, explores the the same theme of what happens if you mix Lovecraftian horror with the real horror of uh, the Jim Crow era. Um, so ha- not having read the novel, I, I can't really comment on on how frightening the real human monsters are in that but they're certainly incredibly frightening uh in in this one yeah Yeah. so in the book is actually uh eight interconnected short stories um which you can see why they went fuck yeah let's make that into a series yeah um first one is called lovecraft country the second one is dreams of the witch house uh third one is abdullah's book uh, then Hippolyta disturbs the universe, or Hippolyta. Um, Hippolyta. Jekyll in Hyde Park at the Narrow House. There's a bunch of others, which I'm sure that we will be getting to as the Ooh, series progresses. Sure. And it's a really great um, basis that they've they've done, they've used for this, because I'm engaged with this story. Yeah. Uh, and much like I was a bit cautious, and I'm going to give it a lot of uh, comparisons to HBO's Watchmen, um, mm. series which is sort of like i'm not sure what i'm gonna ever i'm gonna like this one uh but then i started watching it and after the yeah truly bonkers first two minutes of episode number one it really drew me in and and gave me a lot to to sink my teeth into by having this really weird kind of fucked up story going on but then the actual explanations of hey jim crow was a thing not too long ago and that's what's ha- that what's that's what happened to people, and you should pay attention. 
Yeah. yeah, I think one of the things I like about it is is so much that it is about the race element, because as has been discussed a few times, uh, Lovecraft was notoriously racist. Um, some of his stuff that he wrote about black people in his yeah. books is just fucking horrific. Yeah. Um, his attitude towards the Negro um, as being basically a, a monstrous race is just the kind of thing that you just go, let's just leave him on the shelf. Let's not, you know, keep coming back to his works. Yeah. So I think what this is, is a really, really smart way of adapting some of his work, um, engaging with it, but also taking back some of the the really, really problematic elements and going, fuck yeah, we can tell stories that are awesome and terrifying and creepy, but also fuck you, Whitey, basically. I absolutely love the idea that Lovecraft is turning in his crypt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. because of all of that stuff. He's just like, no, but that's not what Cthulhu, no. Uh, I kind of <laughs> like that idea. And they kind of like, I like I like what they've done with uh, first the, the novel or novelizations and then the show, um, which just made me kind of go, this is delicious irony. I like this <laughs> yeah. show. It is delicious irony and I'm totally down for it and do that shit because it's fun and also yeah. fucking scary. And... <laughs> Yeah, okay, well, okay, this is a question I have for yeah, people. Yeah. Are you scared? Yes. No. Oh, wait, okay. I'm not scared of the monsters. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. scared of the white people. Yes. Those <laughs> are the most frightening scenes. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? That haunted house in, like, episode three, I was like, that's not right. Oh, I was so <laughs> I'm having a bad day. Was... <laughs> okay, look, uh, haunting on Hill House is way scarier than the third episode of this show. I, well, that's not I selling me, Jill. And that didn't have racism. For that exact reason. <laughs> because you knew it was going to be fucking terrifying, Peter? Look, I have I have limited, and I'm sure we've discussed this um, um, on the podcast before, I have uh, limited taste for horror. I used to be super <laughs> into it as a kid. Um, I used to, to really seek out horror genre as a teenager who is interested in films because horror genre is a genre where you can really see um, the fundamentals of filmmaking right there in front of you in terms of setups and payoffs and emotional manipulation and music. Um, but as I grew up, like, I don't know, life is scary enough. I don't seek out that putting myself in a fight or flight um, mindset while I'm being entertained anymore. And that is what successful horror does. Yes. So I would not have sought out this. I, I have not watched a lot of the television series, um, horror TV series that uh, have been around for a few years. Um, such a Jill, what am I thinking of? American Horror Story. Thank you. Yes. Oh, those yeah. kinds of <laughs> <laughs> Um, so some of those are hit and miss on actually how scary they are. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the other thing about horror is that it can be very disappointing Mm -hmm. if it doesn't put you in the terrifying fight or flight Mm. mode that I find it uncomfortable to be in, in the first place. Yeah. Like I think I saw a good meme last week that was, um, I wish I was as scared of horror movies as people who don't like horror movies think they are scary. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, they're right. starting to get a bit tame for me. <laughs> but 
Well, I think part of the, the problem, especially if you're a horror fan and if you've consumed a lot of horror, then you can only consume really excellent horror that does unexpected things. Otherwise, like I said, you know, the techniques that are used to make the audience horrified are, are quite, um, are, are quite noticeable when you know what they are. Sure. Especially like the, the, the quiet, 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 bang. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jump yeah. Although, oh, that, that yeah. shot of the knife that we had three shots, knife three shots ago is going to kind of come back in a second. Like, yeah. Yeah, you can, you can count. I used to, when I watched a lot of horror as a teenager and I would be watching with my family and I could count down to the jump scares. I'll be like, yeah. three, two, one, there it is. Yeah, like my mother used to insist that Amityville Horror was like the peak of all terrifying movies and I'm just yawning my way through and laughing at like the jump scares when a cat would jump through the window. I'm like, oh, dude, come on. And see, this is something that I like. I'm not a big fan of of, of um, jump scare horror, or you know, um, that that kind of really obvious horror. <clears throat> what I get a massive kick out of is the kind of horror that just slowly creeps up on you until you've got this really deeply unsettled sense that there's something fundamentally wrong, and you can't necessarily put your hand or your finger on it. You don't know what it is but you know that something is sick or something is just twisted at the edges. And that's what, um, you know, the Lovecraft mythos is, is really good at. It's not necessarily, you know, the obvious, like I thought uh, episode three, the, the, the house, you know, the haunted house thing was super fucking obvious. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh, this is, this is, you know, low hanging fruit sort of stuff. Whereas I like it when it's, um, you know, just simmering away until by the end of it, you just really tense and you don't know why. What and I don't points like it, but of I one and it. two weren't <laughs> really obvious and also like, what, no, what points were simmering They were a different kind it's, of obvious. It's like, it's like there's Shigarath, Shigarath, I don't know, what do you call them? The beasts, the beasts in the first one. Oh, oh um, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's mole things. Yeah, with all the, all the eyes. Yeah, yeah, the, those <laughs> things. And then, like, oh, come on. Like, the rest of it was just, this is all plainly obvious. See, like, I prefer to have monsters Sugar. that you Sugar. don't see the whole thing of straight away. And yeah. to me, it, that makes it more scarier that you don't know what's following you. But yeah. again, for me, in that moment, is they still, like, those monsters were actually a relief from the monsters that that they had been dealing with for the whole film. Yeah. Um, and those monsters are actually, you know, a, a break in that. So I was like, ah, yay monsters. Yeah, <laughs> so, something yeah. that we can actually all hate together something instead of realising. Really <laughs> yeah. I like the oh, socialism wait. that's yeah. going on. Right the monster is me. um the one thing i did love actually a a prime example of when something just feels off is in the sequence in the diner um oh god yeah that was a good moment yeah where like and and just that slight movement where you could see that the tile was over something burnt Mm. and that to me is great horror where it's like everything and this is you know when i love stephen king and, and stuff like that is when everything looks normal but you know underneath everything there's just something yeah. wrong that I really dig. And, and yeah, and, and I think you said it to me, Dee, that this is a show that really fucking, like, goes quickly once it starts moving. 
Yeah, like I mean, th- this is not a sh- this is not one of those slow burn shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was very much welcome to Lovecraft Country. Everything you ever wanted about Lovecraft in the first five minutes. Hey, guess what? America <laughs> was terribly racist, uh, and we're going to show you that, and that's going to make you real sad. But also, I like I absolutely loved the cast in this. Like the cast in this is amazing. Do yeah. you all do you all agree? To hands up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because like I just want to like be the hype person for Journey Smollett. Like oh, she's how good yeah. is she? insanely fantastic. So like yes. if you guys have seen um, Harley Quinn Birds of Prey, talking about the the woman that plays Black Canary in that yep. movie, she's Absolutely. in the show and she is phenomenal. But I think they all like they're all doing a really good job. Like I like Jonathan Majors, who's playing Atticus uh, Freeman. Yeah, he's great. Uh, mm. He's great. It's just a. Re- but also, everyone in that is a really good, good cast. Yeah. Very, very believable. That's it, the cast is what draws you in because you, you're going on a journey with them. And I have to admit, we've only watched three episodes. I have cried at least once, like properly. Um, yeah. And that was like just the performances. Like if it hadn't been the performances, I would have been fine. And then the performances and I was like, I am out. Um, it's, you know, extraordinary. And and um, the creator of the show, um, Miss Green. Oh. Uh, Jordan Peele's an, an EP on the show, but the creator is actually um, Misha Green, who is an African-American female uh, showrunner, which shouldn't need to be pointed out, um, but... I think it's probably rare enough that it still should be pointed out. Absolutely. Um, she um, created a show called Underground, which I have not seen, which also stars Journey Smollett. Um, oh. But having now watched this, I will be seeking it out. Yeah. Um, and um, I, you know, you you mentioned Dion that uh, or Quinny about that kind of Stephen King aspect of something weird beneath the surface. And I read an interview with her where she was saying that one of her uh, best inspirations and favorite books is Stephen King's It. Yeah. So if you're kind right. of getting a little bit of that, um, if you're getting a little bit of that feeling, then that is the showrunner running the show the way that she's intending to. That's awesome then, because that, that really excites me. Um, I, I did see a friend of ours, uh, Maria Lewis, who uh, commented that um, uh, her her sexual orientation is uh, Journey Smollett with a baseball bat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like yes. A picture of her in Birds of Prey, picture of her in, in Lovecraft Country, both times with a baseball bat, and it's like, yep, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's me. Especially when she's taken on the clan. That's great. I love it. Uh, and who else have we got? In there? Absolutely. Like, it's, it's nice. Like, I, I don't want to give away too much, but I was really enjoying Courtney B. Vance as uh, George Freeman, the uh, the guy who wrote, who was writing basically the yep. Green Book. Um, that was great. Mm. Uh, Michael K. Williams, I think, is a little bit underutilized at the moment as uh, Atticus's father, uh, who you may remember Montrose. him as uh, uh, Omar from The Wire. You should watch The Wire. You should watch Breaking Bad and The Wire. Fucking The Wire. Um, you should watch The Wire. It's the great. Yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, also, hey, shout out to some Australian talent in there as well. With mm-hmm. Abby Lee, who is playing Christina um, Braithwaite, Braithwaite um, ah. who is Aussie. Oh, I think yeah, you might face. you might remember her from a little film called Mad Max Fury Road, maybe. 
Oh, maybe <laughs> she was one of the one of the wives. You could have seen her in that, maybe. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I had um, that kind of like I've seen her face somewhere, but I hadn't looked it up yet. <laughs> yep. Mm. Yep. So just maybe if you want to. Interesting. Also in Gods um, of Egypt, you know, very important film. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, and I guess the other most visible Braithwaite is Tony Goldwyn, um, uh, who who does a wonderful job of being a perfectly creepy um, and utterly banal uh, fucking uh, white guy in charge of uh, a shitty um, thing. What is it, uh, these secret societies, man? Like, yeah. Am I just not getting the invites? Is there a bunch of white dudes who just get invites to secret societies? Like, is that a is that a thing? There's more than start your own, Dion. Yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely. And then say that it's been around for a thousand years. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> something I do find uh, so funny about it is how quickly it it kind of went from the first episode, which had a kind of a uh, groundedness, which uh, like that that whole thing of the the racism and the the discomfort and also the 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 beauty of the people in um you know the music the it set it in a yeah. time period really lovely in a really lovely way and then i was like oh this is this is kind of cool okay it's 19, 1950s um jim crow america right there's music there's mm. monsters okay cool and then the second episode just fucking goes balls out with the crazy yeah <laughs> I think it was at that point that I messaged you guys and I'm like, this show does not muck around with just being absolutely batshit crazy. Yeah. 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 fucking lootly <laughs> And, you know, and it's suddenly, you know, glowing orbs of, of electrical <laughs> power and weird, crazy shit and, oh, there's some monsters. Oh, there's invisible force fields. Oh, there's a secret <laughs> yeah. society. There's you magic. know what? I'm in the mood, though. I'm so into just crazy shit right now. Like I'm kind yeah. of, you know, it's like the Doom Patrol thing, right? Oh, there are no rules. Yep. Excellent. Yes. Let's go on a roller coaster. Excellent. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's September and we have uh, been in isolation for six months. So, you know, bring it on. <laughs> Isn't it funny that oh, even though these shows thanks, must have Jill. been in production. <laughs> Sorry, Dion. I was like, thanks, Jill. Just reminds like, one, two, three, four. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Six months. <laughs> God damn it. So these shows have been in production for however long leading up to this. They're still somehow managing to reflect a world gone completely fucking mad. And I kind of respect that about them. Or maybe we're just seeking them out more. Well, like, dude, it's not the first time that we've had, like, social uprisings. Like, it's been going on for centuries. And we just see, keep seeming to take like a few steps back and one step forward. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe the, yeah. like, you know, yeah, there's been a lot of uprisings, maybe not a lot in like our own backyards, but there's definitely been a lot of uprisings around the world over the last oh, 10 we years. We had um, like Black Lives Matter here not that long ago. Yeah. Sure. I, yeah, like sure. a couple of months. I'm talking more like, you know, Arab Spring kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think Australia is quite at the uh, firebombing things just yet. Um, yeah. But hey, we could get there. Um, we're always a little bit <laughs> behind everyone else. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Just don't mm. Google it from your, your home phone or <laughs> your home computer or your work one. Use a VPN. <laughs> yeah, sure. Use a VPN. It's not illegal yet. Uh, <laughs> oh God, well, so where do we see it going? Well, 
that's the interesting question because I, if you'd asked me that after two episodes, I would have had an answer and it would have yeah. been a different answer than after three episodes. So I'm interested in whether in, in uh, how much of a developing story we're going to see and how much of it is going to be a horror story of the week kind of feel. Agreed. Um, I, I, I kind of felt like, yeah, the, the first two had a feeling and I thought we're going in a direction. It almost like the first two almost had like an anthology feel to it as well. Mm. Um, but now with the third episode, no, it's like it's definitely a continuation. But I struggle to predict where the story's going to go. It, it's a continuation, but it also does feel somewhat anthological um, mm. because is that a word? I don't know. Um, it is now. <laughs> sweet. Uh, no the, one can tell you like, wrong, Queenie. The story was very much a, 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 a in of itself, like the, the mm-hmm. whole thing of that house is very much tied into that one episode. Yeah. Yes, the characters are continuing through, but um, that that house and that horror story feels very contained. So, and, and I mean, when you know that it's based on a bunch of short stories, I guess that makes a lot more sense mm. that it is going to be a sort of continuation for 10 episodes, I think it is. Yeah, there is 10, and hopefully we get to some sort of uh, uh, resolution, I think. Hopefully, because the 10th episode is titled Full Circle. So I <laughs> hope that they're actually getting around to some sort of point. But, like, I think uh, Rob just in the chat mentioned that, yeah, he saw it as, as if it was going to be a journey across America encountering weird shit, and now suddenly Which they're back cool. again. Either <clears throat> of those options are still fine. Mm. Like, I think... They've done done such a good job of establishing characters in the first few episodes, and the and the crazy situations we all kind of went okay, we'll go with it. Um, mm. That I'm doesn't matter where you put those characters. I'm now interested in seeing what happens to those characters and whether or not they're powered by tentacles. <laughs> I don't know. As long as it doesn't go anywhere near hentai, I'm okay. No, no. <laughs> Uh, well, look, I think that's about, that's about all I can talk about without spoiling <laughs> things. Yeah. Unless anyone else has anything to add. No? Yes? Um, no, does does anyone good. want to talk about the, the look and feel of the show or the, the way that it's shot? Anything more technical before we move into an actual spoiler section? Not enough tentacles. More tentacles. Look, I, I always appreciate some good Motown and a 50s dress, so <laughs> I'm down for the setting. Oh, Journey Smollett's, like, flapper dress in the uh, third episode when she was dancing at the party. I was like, that that was a, hot, that's yeah, a great yeah. dress. Like, that is yeah. a real good dress. Well done. Journey Smollett's, like, everything. Yeah, like, sure. pretty much. The, the, her performance is, is really magnetic. It's, it's a, a character who is, you know, supposed to have that, um, that you know, easy confidence that hides vulnerability and and um it's just she's stunning um Mm. but it is a stunningly put together i mean there's nothing that you can fault about the look of this thing um it's it's beautiful it's the, the colors um of that kind of you know the 50s 60s era costuming and and setting um, mm. is always very kind of cool and, and fun to look at. And then I guess the juxtaposition between that and the darkness mm. um, is, I think, going to be interesting as we go through. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and there is a thing of, of sort of design where you are looking at a, a, a show that is is very definitely trying for a look and a feel and has a colour palette and um, it's is like when you go to a secondhand bookshop and you find a really old like yellowed pulp novel. It's like that, but come to life on screen. Yeah, which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I, I will say there was one moment where I started to kind of hit hit the brakes a little bit on the on the old believability thing. Um, and it was towards the, yeah, which I know it's a thing about <laughs> okay, dons no, no, who no, live break, in break the outer for realms. Me, it's and, fine. Sorry, ancient old ones, and they're not necessarily <laughs> gods. Um, you know, not all gods. Uh, but it's, <laughs> yeah. The end of the second episode where we started to get um, some very big special effecty moments, and there was a couple of moments where I was like, oh, oh, that looks a bit shit. But then I wasn't sure whether it was meant to. <laughs> I Look... I watch this stuff on my laptop and not on a big fancy television. So I get less bothered. Like I don't, yeah, I don't see that stuff as much, I think. Okay. Yeah. I just like, there were a few moments uh, where somebody was sort of running through flames and stuff. And I was like, Oh, anyway, um, I <laughs> that's all stuff that we could probably talk about in spoiler town. Sure. All right. Is that quick? You want to give me a rating? Go for Queenie start. Tell me how many. Um, how okay. many I'm going to rate this one. Uh, I'm going to rate it 91 right. because at the moment, three episodes in, I'm digging it and I want to watch a lot more of it. Um, it has a really, really great vibe. And I like this stuff. My One of my favourite podcasts for many years was Tennis, which is basically just somebody doing cereal but with Cthulhu. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this is right up my alley and I'm totally digging it all. Cool. Jill? Ooh, 85. Mostly because, like, it's not scary, scary. And I thought, like, Lovecraft Country, it was going to be, you know, like a little bit more terrifying and creepy. But for what it is, like, it's it's an enjoyable story um, and I'm being the characters. So, yeah, I kind of want to see what happens. So, 85. Cool. Lovely. I'm going to go 93. It's actually a bonus for me that it's not scary, scary because it makes it more watchable <laughs> for me. And I, I always enjoy the character journeys more than I enjoy that element. And so far, um, you know, the cast and the promise of what could be done with these characters is really interesting um, it's been very enjoyable so far and it's, you know, it's hard to find much technical fault in it. So, um, yeah, 93, because I don't want to be too scared, Jill, <laughs> at least not in, at least not in that horror movie way. I'm okay being scared in like a people are awful way, um, yeah. because that's the kind of scared that you need to look at. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Whereas people with half their face missing, not so much. Not so yeah, much. Sure. No. Yeah, gotcha. I knew it's hot and sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Uh, look, I was going to give it 80 because I it was just deducting points for uh, uh, it's a bit trash. I couldn't really like, you know, it wasn't amazing in some instances. Uh, but then I also added the points back on because I was like, I like how dumb that they're treating the whole Cthulhu side <laughs> and how smartly they're treating the Jim Crow side. Um and then also for the weird baby-headed dude from <gasps> Sepsa 3. 
<laughs> Weird Baby Had to Do from Episode 3 is not a spoiler. I didn't tell you where it's coming. Oh, I didn't tell you where it's coming. But oh. it's there. Uh, oh, but he's, he's going to have to talk about this. Yeah, I looked at it and I was like, oh, ah. <laughs> no, I did too. That was yeah. really cool. So I, oh, actually, I'll, I'll end up at uh, 90. There we go. Back up. Oh, yeah, well, down to up. Much higher. Thanks for making yeah, me well, retype add, that thing. Add a few things in. I went 80 and I was like, yeah, but actually it's 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 great. <laughs> like, it's like, eh, well. 10 cool. points for baby-headed man. <sighs> speaking, <laughs> well, yes, Absolutely. 10 points. Yes. Uh, speaking of crazy crazy bullshit um let's have a look at the intro to episode one in the <laughs> highest of low res quality i could get it on this is the story of a boy and his dream but more than that it is the story of an american boy in a dream that is truly american Black boy. Black boy, we're the welcoming committee. You'd better get out of here. No, Jackie. Go on, it just makes it tough for having you here. And then you wake back up again and you realize you're in a bus. You know, the funny thing is I had completely forgotten about that first scene. Yeah. Oh, I thought that nothing really? weird happened until the end of the episode. I thought that nothing weird happened. You're talking about, first about first it going episode. full Lovecraft in the first five minutes, Dion. I thought it was all very real. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the dream sequence. Oh, this is totally yeah. normal. I love seeing red-skinned alien women come down while watching World War II people fight Roman centurions and also Cthulhu. <laughs> I love it because it's not even just pure Lovecraft. Like that's no, it's him. got like some like War of the Worlds shit going. There's on. some War of the Worlds. There's a bit of John Carter of Mars. There's um, you know uh, like a whole bunch of stuff and whatever it is that Atticus has been reading, he's just smashing that into some weird fucking crazy shit but that's that's the lovely thing you know as w i'm sure that everyone has had when you're younger and you read something it influences you and suddenly you wake up and you're like wait my brain is telling me wait what what like, <laughs> why did i dream about one of the dodgers beating a cthulhu monster to death with a baseball bat i don't know absolutely <laughs> a man's mind turns to sport <laughs> <laughs> of course so, so, so baby-headed man. The baby-headed man. <laughs> Who I, like, I was say, fine with that episode up until the baby-headed man, and then I was oh, like, that was no. The creepiest ghost I've ever seen. 
in. Oh my god, in a basketball jersey. Oh my god, what's happening right now? <laughs> and also, okay, before that though, there was that real creepy one when Letty was asleep <gasps> and yes. it was hot and she's oh. sweating, and then that creepy head comes up. She the... looked like the creepy housemaid from Get Out. It was yeah. really good. The worst, <laughs> the worst like... part about that particular section is when you see that the hands that are pulling the things off. They're actually completely dis- detached hands. They're not attached to anything. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. <laughs> and a credit, like it. Okay, no. a credit to that. If you can do horror or scares in full light, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Because this wasn't a middle of the night, everything's dark ghost come out. This was quite literally a, I know that it's sunny outside. But she's still going to be there. And it's like, that's not right. I don't like this. It's not right. It's not right. You need to feel safe at home. And it's also putting the covers off because when you're a kid, there are two things that will save you from the monsters, the light covers. and your bed covers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. If you're under the covers, you're sweet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Which I never understood because I was so actually more scared under the covers. <laughs> Like I was I was a lot more scared because then I didn't know what the fuck was coming at oh, me. Oh, man. Nah, so many um, sweaty nights lighting up the covers. <laughs> my covers were magic, dude. I, like nothing was getting through that. You pull up the covers and then your heart's oh. just racing like a thousand miles a minute and you're sweating profusely, but you cannot lower that blanket. Did, it, did anyone <laughs> else get, get. see uh, the TV show called Helix? came out a few years ago, I, Canadian yes. production, which was all about a research station in Antarctica or the Arctic or something. Oh, um, what, the thing? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the thing, the, the series. No, no, the, the thing zombies. It was like Black Blood, X-Files zombie thing. Anyway, um, I noticed that uh, Misha Green was also a producer on that series and that made me yeah. go, oh, okay, so that's someone who understands how to do some of that really interesting kind of horror stuff. Um, based around like some of that work. I mean, also Helix kind of worked, but and it, it was scary occasionally. I've got a lot but, of love for Helix, so I'll hmm. hear no nothing bad against it. Okay. Go away. Sorry, sorry, didn't mean to. I like have a Helix. go at you, precious it's Helix. Just some zombies, <laughs> and sometimes you just need a good Antarctic zombie. <laughs> They're scary and they're scary, right? The scariest scene for me so far has been when they're trying to get to the state border. Oh, That was like edge of my seat. Um, You know, and it seems like something really simple, but what happened for me is that that build-up in that episode and then like that edge of the seat stuff when you're like, are they going to get there? Are they going to get there? They're going to get there. Yeah. And then they got get like pulled into the forest. By the time you get the weird vampire things, I'm like, oh, thank fuck, there are weird vampire things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank God nothing bad will happen to them because of the police brutality. Because the tension build up because of the real world horror yeah. up until that stage is incredible. The, yeah. the, the horror monsters diffuse the, the real world horror and I find that really interesting yeah and and those moments like I, I for a while like i struggled watching episode three because there was this thing of the the horns constantly being on mm. and there was a sequence where the car horns were on and i actually had to turn the tv down because it was really fucking annoying um kind of the point yeah and i was just i got, I got <laughs> wow, partway through. can you imagine if you were black i know um <laughs> I kind of hit that point where I was like, oh, wow, this is really working in that respect. Mm. And that constant white noise, uh, literally white noise (laughs) (laughs) of the horns underneath everything 
I was kind of like, shit, this is this is really, really smart television. Yeah, and, it's, it's and a clever use building. of a real, it's a clever real world use of an actual horror trope of that psychological drone of music that you get in a horror film that is meant to psychologically kind of set you on edge, but you don't really notice it. That's one of the, the musical um the techniques that you see a lot in horror film that if you watch them a lot you notice it but this is finding a real world reason for that disturbing noise to be there and it's not just affecting you as the audience it's also Mm. in the story world affecting the characters that's insanely clever yeah yeah Yeah. like a really really great piece of understanding like what is what is something that is just annoying and used as a as a not a obvious kind of attack on people, but more psychological warfare. And it's just like, mm. that's, and, and also and that thing that th- they know that they cannot touch those cars. Yeah. Because the moment they do the, the cops will be there and then somebody will go to jail for, for, you know, disturbing somebody else's property, you know, and, and it is such a, a fucking awful thing to do to a, to a group of people, but so effective because, you know what what can they do um i really hope that like a tv show like this is going to open more dialogues or just bring some sort of awareness to people Mm. that this is actual stuff that happened to people like not that long ago like within a generation yes yeah and it's still happening to this day but just like more subtle yeah well i mean sometimes less subtle and, and, and also on a much broader scale, I mean, you know, yep. what's happening politically in the States is is a broad scale version of this. Oh, you don't want these people moving into your neighbourhoods and we're going to make sure that we stop that happening. Like, it hasn't stopped. No. 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 The dialogue just, around it has just changed. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the, you know, we're still seeing 17-year-old like Trump dudes. Trump is literally with... saying that shit. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a how direct he's quote. trying to get votes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, we, we're seeing, uh, you know, 17 year old fucking kids with guns, um, marching into things and killing people. These yeah. are the kind of things that we see. And I, I guarantee you that like, this is the right time for shows like this and Watchmen, yeah. um, because the, the dialogue is there now. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing that allows people to, uh, experience it from, a, from an internal perspective. Um, because up until now, perhaps a lot of white audiences just been watching it from the outside and going, oh, well, that must be awful for them. But what is really important is to now be with those characters yeah. and go, okay, what is this experience? How does it make me feel because yeah. I'm with them? Put them in the shoes of the character is the easiest way to do it. Yeah, as Rob said, um, the extent of the second season of the Umbrella Academy. Well, we talked about the same thing then when when you talk about, you know, reminding yourself that while this show is from a historical perspective, it is not historical. And it's easy to put it in that mind frame of, Mm. well, that happened and that sucked. Yes. Not yeah. that or is half ten. Yeah. Because yeah. it's being framed in a historical um uh context. And I think that will be a, a challenge for um audiences who um may have trouble accepting that it is happening. It is yeah. not so much of the past that we would hope. 
and mm. I, I did. And I think this does a good job of, of re, sorry, Dan, um, regrounding that with the choice of music. Um, yes. Because there is, there's a lot of times where it's like, okay, that music is completely, you know, of today. Some of it obviously isn't, but there's a lot of it that you go, oh, I, I know that piece of music or I, I recognise that. And that is a wonderful way of, of re-contextualising it in a modern context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I was just going to say, like, I, I like that there's a, uh, a current dialogue that's happening through film and television. It's reinforcing the things that people have been saying for decades to go you know, through with it. But what I also love is, is it's, it's representative of saying, hey, this stuff happened. And it isn't presented in a way that used to be, uh, well, it still is um, presented as like, oh, here's these black and white photos of when this happened. It's like there's a there's color photos of that happening. Like, don't hmm. make it like it is. It's not like a civil war reenactment, you mm. know. Or it was hundreds of years ago, and no one can even remember it. It's like your grandparents probably can remember this, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can tell you that there are there are people who are alive who lived through this, and you can't sort of put it away and say, "Oh, this actually is too long ago. We can't do anything about it now. It's all different." It's like, yeah, I don't know. What that is. I mean, there, there's a, a part at the end of episode two where they they're using a piece of spoken word poetry that's from what 1969. Yeah. Um, Whitey's on the moon. On the moon. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, and that's, that's one of those ones. Where, yeah. And and I was watching it just going, Jesus, the the contradictions uh, and the um, cross contextualization of it of going, okay, here's something that's said in the 1950s using a piece of spoken word poetry from the 1960s and almost 70s mm. um but you know referencing works of of a creator from what the 1930s i'm trying to remember how mm. uh, lovecraft uh i think he died in the 30s didn't he no he died um, in the 60s i don't know i don't know I'm anything just, about lovecraft okay so yeah so he died in 1937 so right. it was from 1890 to 1937 yeah um you know, these multiple time periods all coming together in one shot um, with weird 1960s look sci-fi um, combined with 2020 special effects. It's it's a, a dizzying um, kind of combination of ideas. Can I ask a quick question? No, definitely not. Uh, how do we all feel about that point in episode two when they everything seemed fine and then it was like, no, people have to remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fucking great. It's like, oh, weirdly, I don't seem to remember being chased by all those things yesterday. Yeah, yeah. what are you talking about? I don't know how I got here. Where's my car? Oh, whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah we'll put a spell on them so that, like, it happens and no one can remember it. It's mm. fine. I'll take that spell off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and just <laughs> screaming. <laughs> I love, I love that idea because it was a little bit weird, and I was just like, "Yeah, that's 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 kind of cool. Like, what a lovely thing. Like, the reason people don't freak out about it is because if they experience one of those things, they just immediately forget about it because they're spelled. They've got a spell in them, whatever. But that that's all controlled, and you can do different things. And they seem to be building, I think, that um, spell narrative." in the first three because remember the end of the third one when she turns up as a real estate agent Mm. um she's saying oh yeah like one person can do one spell like that's kind of their claim to fame they know how to do one thing yeah Um, and that's interesting that there's a book and it has all the spells in it and you could do all of them 
The, and is that going to be the Necronomicon? Uh, yeah, well, it could be. It could be the, the summoning of Cthulhu. Uh, well, it may be. I'm, I'm really hoping it's the Nepr- Necronomicon because, I mean, Peter, you're totally down with the Necronomicon now. Like, <laughs> you know, with your, your experiences of uh, uh, Army of Darkness and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, the Nepr- Necronomicon just, just is... Just that one, but it, yes. Is yeah. Peter's game. <laughs> you know all about that Necronomicon. You, you are down with it. Clartu... Did you guys not cry at the end of episode two? Oh, yeah. No. Like, I, I legit, like, cried tears. I was real sad. I didn't do legit tears, but I was real sad. <laughs> I, I, was, I was deeply fucking hurt by it because the, the acting. Jonathan the... Major's performance there is just like, like, I would have been fine, but he just pushed me over that edge. And I did have that moment where I wasn't sure which one was dead. Whether it was his dad or Uncle George, Uncle, yeah, Uncle George. But then, yeah, it was Uncle George, and I'm like, no, nah, fuck this. I liked Uncle George. He was yeah, the so did I. I was like, motherfucker, I liked Uncle George. Don't do that to me. Don't give me a character yeah. and then take it's them away. Of, it's a bit of that Game of Thrones thing, though, where you kind of like, oh, they can't get rid of him because he's really central, and then like, ha, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he dead now. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I can see in the chat this. I was like, oh, I don't think we've seen the last of him. He's like, okay, don't do that. Don't don't play this game. You know, I was like, who's coming back? Who, who's going away? We don't want to know. I want, um, I want Lovecraft Country to be continually evolving and to be a little bit like not sure what's going to happen. Um, it would be really interesting if they kill one of the main characters. Jonathan Majors can go, but if you touch Journey Smollett, you're out. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I think anyone with half a brain is going to leave Journey Smollett well the fuck alone. And, oh, really interesting. I did actually read some trivia about uh, Lovecraft Country, especially how they are interlacing actual stories with okay. with the like actual historical um, African American stories within this. And one of them uh, was in the third one, which kind of blew my mind a little bit. Uh, hmm. Is that one Martin? of the kids? Yeah. One of one of the kids doing the um, Ouija board scene yeah. uh, is uh, Bobo, and uh, Bobo was the nickname of uh, a poor boy that uh, when, you know, when he said, oh, "I'm going to go on my trip," um, like, "Am I going to have a nice trip?" That he actually went on a trip and was arrested and basically lynched for for uh, uh, whistling at a white woman, which he never did. But yeah, that kind wow. of thing, and they're kind of what I they're doing is they're writing that stuff subtly in. So, um, like African American right. historians are like, "Fuck, that's that's an actual story." Like, I mean, there's a passing reference in dialogue to early Martin Luther King, yep, um, mm. which is which is interesting as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah there's, look, there's so much more than I even I like have to find. Like, it has to be explained to me. It's kind of yeah, like, I need someone to levels. come in and be like. You need to understand this is a real thing, and and yeah. that's why I kind of go, yeah, Lovecraft Country, yeah, sure it's Lovecraftian, but the real horror is how white people treated black people in America. Yeah, yeah, mm. not treated, <laughs> are treating, treating. Yes. are treating. Yes, mm. yes, mm. <laughs> yeah. And I just do want to say I really fucking hate Ouija boards. <laughs> yeah, look, it's never going to be good when a Ouija board is no. involved. No. Did you ever do that <laughs> other one where you all sit around and just use put one finger under someone and then lift them over the head and then you make the blood sacrifice and we uh, all, no way. I haven't been one of your party, Dion. 
Light as a fe- light of light as a feather. What do you have to chant? <laughs> yeah, see, I, I only did it once. I, I believe you have to chant. Ah, nah, 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 was last method. Don't hear the end. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. That's it. Uh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, Predakanger, as well. Um, yeah. Um, I, I do, no, when you think about it, you do go, hang on. <laughs> That is, a, that is a truly terrifying thing, isn't it? Where a whole bunch of kids get around and, and basically just produce some kind of weird magical effect by chanting some stuff. Sure. That's no, totally innocent, totally that's, fine. That's how all secret societies started, Quinny, and uh, how I'm planning on starting my cult next week. You'll find out. Okay. Well, and, you know, that's and, fine. And Predaganga to... has just brought up a movie that's coming out that I need to watch called Ouija Shark. Ouija Shark. <laughs> <laughs> For someone who has seen all six Sharknado movies, I need to watch Ouija Shark. As long as eventually they do a crossover with Gary Busey's Pet Court. Um, I am so glad that you brought that up. I'm not glad you brought that up. I haven't seen the trailer for Gary Busey's Pet Court. Oh, fuck, man. Go for it. It's, It's not right. It shouldn't happen. But, yeah, it's a real thing. Gary Busey rules like Judge Judy over pet cases. It's a it's a real thing. I, I love that. I'm sure that that's all Gary Busey's money behind that too. Um, I don't even know if Gary Busey knows he's on TV, and I don't think the people in that courtroom. It's like, do you understand? He's like, no, Gary Busey, I don't understand. The lions, the tigers, the bears. Oh my. Oh God. Well. Oh. Wow, that's, that's court, C O U R T, as in where you yeah, pet court. Uh, yeah. charge animals. Yeah, like he's in a he's got a robe and a gavel and everything. Oh Jesus, just look it up. YouTube. Is um, YouTube is so there there is a whole bunch of other great Lovecraft stuff out there if you mm. want to go hunting for it. Um, there is a, a brilliant. I think one of the best Lovecraft films I've ever seen was. Uh, fan-made one that was done in the style of 1920s German expressionism um, of the mountains of at the mountains of madness Um, it's available on uh, YouTube in its entirety Um, so it's all done in the same style as like Fritz Lang and and like really great German expressionist stuff all handmade sets and everything but it's um, yeah Lovecraft's at the Mountain of Madness, and it features at the end a Cthulhu done entirely with stop motion. Um, cool. And it's totally worth checking Is out. Is it cool, Cthulhu? <laughs> um, I, always got, the, so I always got the Mountains of Madness mixed up with the In the Mouth of Madness. Well, In the Mouth of Madness is very much a Lovecraft Ian sort Ian. of parallel. Right. Um, and that's the same kind of thing. Like, you know, it's about somebody who writes a book that sends people mad. Yeah. That's, you know, right down I, um, that thing. I mean, hell, Hellboy is actually essentially a Cthulhu story. I mean, I love that yeah. Lovecraftian is a, is a, is a descriptor. I mean, it's a, it's I like, a genre. P- Peter's given me the... Is no, I just, <laughs> so I, I, man. It's been, a, it's been a while since I've engaged with Hellboy. Uh, the, the very first Hellboy film is absolutely perfect Lovecraft stuff. Like at the end of it, he's literally fighting tentacled beasts from an alternate (laughs) universe that are coming out of a crystal prison. It's 100% fucking Lovecraft. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, good times. Hellboy 2, not so much. Hellboy the remake. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and as Predakanga put it, there was a great Cthulhu game released last year um, of a gibbous, a Cthulhu adventure. There is also, I think, another Call of Cthulhu. I think it may have been called. There's like Cthulhu gets a great run in video games and pen and paper games. Mm, yes, Call of Cthulhu, the uh, yes. um, very, very famous pen and paper role playing game. Never played um, it. Don't think I'm where one of your stats is sanity, <laughs> <laughs> and you just lose it progressively every Might little thing you run into. With, like guaranteed. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> like, uh, well, that was that was lovely. Yes, kind of <laughs> love, who love a little bit speaking of, of fun speaking what are we going to do next week well bro, dude <laughs> well, can you guess what are we doing next week and i, I see jill going oh god oh, yeah I, I just want to preface next week uh we are talking bill and ted three face the music Bill I've already seen it. Ted. <laughs> <laughs> three Bill and Ted movies in a week, guys, just to catch up with you. What? Hey, that's actually a, a positive. That's a great thing. You haven't watched a Bill and Ted movie? Ever? I don't know. No, I just. Oh, Pete. I, just, I missed it. I'm sorry. Back to the future, Jill. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Your face, Jill. Yeah, bad but news. Excellent adventure is totally excellent, bro. So I will be coming to you with many opinions next week. Oh, um, and I hate the third one. New Bill and Ted is currently available in the US for hire or purchase. Yep, um, um, and is coming out Apple September Store. 10th thanks to Madman here in Australia. Yeah, it's a cinema release. Yes, if, so if you can get to a cinema, um, I am actually a little bit shirty with that particular release strategy because, no, not everybody can get to a cinema um, and the rest no. of the world currently has the ability to access it through uh, video on demand. So yeah. VPN. none shit. of us have seen Tenet or are reviewing it this week. Because uh, we don't yes. want to go to a cinema. Yeah, sure, there have been quite a few people it. asking, hey, you should review Tenet. And I was like, no. Don't want to. It's kind of like, you know, I know that they put out Mulan and then they made a release, like a statement the other day going, oh, yeah, but next month it's going to come as part of the Disney Plus subscription anyway. And I was like, well, I'll wait. Sweet. Four days. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sweet. You know, kind yeah. of how similar release works anyway. Yeah. Oh, hang on. So, so is it within yeah. the next month? Because I thought that they hadn't put an actual free yeah. uh, release date on Well, Mulan. it might be the American announcement that they made, but uh, they were like, oh, yeah, it's going to come out. Like anyway, as part of your regular subscription, and I was like, yeah, like eventually, but I don't know that there's a date yet. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. But I still, I'm not paying thirty five dollars for the privilege of watching someone that supports CCP. So mm. that's just my two cents. Yeah, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I'm a little shady with um, Disney at the moment. After, and this is, this is my end rant before we go. I'm a little bit mm. shady with Disney at the moment, mainly mm. because uh, they've start they've decided that through their Marvel reprint, they're going to start releasing all of the original Dark Horse created Aliens and Predator comics because they own everything now and they're not paying mm. anyone. What? Uh, no, they own the property now, so they're not giving any royalties to any of the original creators. So that makes oh, that shit house. Yeah, just gonna say that. Mm. That's a bit. That's a bit shit. Just because you bought something doesn't mean you don't bought by the obligation. Yeah, you, yeah, by the obligation <laughs> to pay the original creators if it, yeah. if you're making money off it again. Especially, yeah, especially if you're re-releasing it. Ooh, yeah. ooh, I, I wasn't aware of that one. Anyway. So there's a. Ooh, There's a nasty, nasty little bit. Who <laughs> likes oligarchies and monopolies? 
<laughs> I mean, there is quite a bit of chat in there at the moment of people who have seen Tenet. Um, I've, I've heard sure. a lot of reviews, some of them very positive, some of them very confused. Yeah. Um, but wow. that's a typical um, yeah. space movie. Yeah, mm. I had a, I had a, like I have heard Nolan. I have heard yes, uh, thank you. <laughs> I've heard opinions from it from people who are uh big cinema files and people of it who are not particularly big cinema files and they have differing complaints. Mm. Um so I'm I'm curious to see it but like it's it's not one that I'm really going to go out there. And besides, I want to watch it, you know, just like Nolan intended on my phone. Um, <laughs> and as Rob has also just put in the chat, New Mutants isn't getting very many good reviews, which is a great shame because I was really hoping that that would be a lot of fun. Uh, but when uh, one of the cast members retreats one of the shitty reviews going, yeah, that looks great. Go out and watch it. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, oh, no. Uh, Maisie yeah. Williams retweeted one of the bad reviews going, hey, go and watch my film. Yeah, but she's a fucker anyway. I like Maisie Williams. She's just a shit stirrer. Um, I, I, I like that, but like that takes a certain amount of chutzpah to go, I fuck some, it. I saw someone's review like, it's better than X-Men Apocalypse. And I was like, ow, fuck. <laughs> like, that's not hard, guys. <laughs> like, to stand on the first rung of a ladder isn't that hard. Oh. <laughs> like, oh. Apocalypse is terrible, um, come on. My, my, my current jam at the moment, and I know we've got to wrap up soon, um, yep. but my current jam is the, uh, the pitch meeting series from Screen Rant. Yes. Yeah. Um, they go through the entirety of all the X-Men films and as they go, they get better every single time <laughs> until they become pure comedy genius. Um, yeah. and, and you always must remember that it's uh, super easy, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Is, that is the catch cry and oh, I've loved right. it. Yeah, yeah. Apocalypse was not better than Dark Phoenix. They were both utter shit. I like Rob. that screenwriter one because they go, so why did this happen? I don't know. <laughs> because? Okay. <laughs> don't make me explain it. I'm not sure. Um, oh. Was it the, uh, um, so are they going through another 10 years into the future? I'm going to need you to get all the way off my back about the time travel thing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh dear. Well, this, uh, is, anyway, this is hilarious. Yes, this is, yes. go seek out um, uh, terrible Cthulhu Bil nightmares. I hope we have a great time with it. We'll see you next week um, yeah. for uh, Bill and Ted Fest the music. Dude. Yes, I'm. I'm still excited. I'm still excited, even though I know you've got your feelings about it, Jill. No, I've heard enough people watch. say positive things that I now don't know how I feel, which I've is how got, I love going into a movie. I have opinions on it too. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about it next week, yeah? Yeah, yeah we will yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, thank you, Amy, for trying to put a link to Maisie's post. That, yep. For some reason, they aren't showing up in the chats. So uh, we will post it somewhere on the Facebooks and you can have a bit of a look. Yeah. I have been Quinny. I've been Dion. I've been Jill. I've been Peter. And this has been the periodic table of awesome. Bye. We will see you soon. Bye. Where you gonna run to, Cinnamon? Where you gonna run to? On that day, I run to the rock. Please hide me. I run to the rock. Please hide me. I run to the rock. Please hide me. All on that day, the rock cry. Can't hide you, the rock cried out. I can't hide you, the 
Thanks for listening to the Periodic Table of Awesome podcast. If you have questions, please email info at theperiodictableofawesome.com. Find us on our website, www.theperiodictableofawesome.com, where there's links to our iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time, stay awesome.